0: It's time now for the pulpit hour, featuring some of God's choice preachers. Stay tuned at the end of today's message for information on how you can obtain a copy of today's sermon. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter eight. If you have a King James Bible, Matthew 8 will be the first book in the New Testament. That's where you'll find it. And if you don't have a King James Bible, just may not be in there at all. There's just no telling what they'll have cut out next. Well, I love this camp meeting, I do. In our English language, we use some words very casually. We say, boy, that was great. That was phenomenal. That was incredible. And the truth is, if you look the definition of those words up, we have far, far, far overstretched the breadth of the term. But when God uses a term, he never stretches its breath. And when God says something is great, when God says something is marvelous, take it to the bank. In every meaning of the term, that's what it is. Now anyone who has studied the scriptures any length of time knows that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Amen. And everybody knows it's by faith you got saved. How many of you here are heaven bound? You've been saved. Amen. For by grace are ye saved through faith. Amen. Faith is heaven's currency. Amen. I think sometimes we forget because certain charismatic elements make so much out of it in an unusual way. The truth is, faith moves the hand of God. And we're called to be a people of faith. And the Bible says that twice, recorded in the scriptures, Jesus marveled at somebody's faith. And when Jesus used the word marveled, when the Son of God said, now that's marvelous. My heart was stirred by all this music. And praise God for it. But the fact that you got all stirred up by some music doesn't mean you got a marvelous faith. and i ask you a real simple question if the son of god was here where we could see him and if we'd say who here has a marvelous faith whose faith jesus would you marvel at i got a suspicion it would get quiet I got a suspicion there's a whole bunch of people that wouldn't say, oh, bad glory to God, can't wait till really he gets to my row. But I said he marveled about faith twice. Once to the good and once to the bad. One time he marveled at their unbelief and I wonder if he was here and we said pick out the ones who you marvel at their unbelief I believe with all my heart that with what brother Norris preached is the only hope America's got man, there's got to be a godly remnant. And that godly remnant is going to have to have a faith that's marvelous and that we can marvel at. Now let's read the story of where the Son of God marveled. Matthew chapter 8. It starts at verse 5. And when jesus was entered into capernaum there came unto him a centurion beseeching him i want you to notice something this is a man who in his best interest he should stay away from jesus he's part of a conquering force an oppressive brutal conquering force by the way he's a part of the force that's going to crucify the Son of God. He's a part of the force that is going to mutilate him and maul him and beat him to the point you couldn't tell he was a human being anymore. But this centurion stepped up and he came to Jesus begging, beseeching. Now, If that centurion had come to me, here's what I'd have recommended. Don't do this in public. You want to do this, do what Nicodemus did, come at night. Don't come when he's in front of the crowd. Keep this thing quiet. This is not going to help your career, soldier boy. He came to the Son of God in public, saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. I want you to watch what the centurion does next. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof. But speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. Remember, he had a hundred men under his command. I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth, and to another come, and he cometh, and to my servant doeth, and doeth it. Then Jesus heard it. Say out loud the next two words. He marveled. And Said to them that followed verily. I say unto you. I have not found so great faith. No, not in israel I'm afraid that we are living in the age of a withering faith And it's by decision The amount of faith that you have is a decision that you've made. Because clear from the teaching of the Word of God, God wants every one of our faiths to be marvelous. And as I read this story, there's three things I'd like you to mark because, boy, I believe these three are more needed in this hour than ever before, and I believe it's based on these three that Jesus marveled. At his faith write the first thing down this man publicly out in the open against his better interest acknowledged and called the Son of God Lord do you notice he didn't walk up to Jesus and say uh, uh, you could you come over here Look at what it says that he did. Verse 6 and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick. Do you know what I've discovered? God's people want to come to a building like this and shout the good things of God, and is it ever sweet? But then they go out there, and all of a sudden the shouting's over. And all of a sudden, out there, acknowledging who has a hold of your life and who is the Lord of your life and what's got the grip on your life, it's absent. Man, I know some wonderful preachers. Men on the platform, man, can they preach a storm? They can preach the ears off a butterfly. They're phenomenal. But you go out there, you don't see it. You go in a restaurant you go traveling you go shopping all of a sudden they have learned to blend in it isn't just that this centurion came to Jesus this centurion came and publicly said Lord when's the last time you did something publicly to let everybody know who's the Lord of your life. Publicly. A dear black preacher friend of mine, we're traveling together, and Brother Joe, you know this preacher. And he said, I'll get our seats. We're gonna be on an airplane. He said, I'll get our seats. I said, okay, great. Well, I meet him at the gate, and he said, yep, I got our seats. I said, great, where are we sitting? He said in the very back of the plane the last row I said why'd you do that that's where the engines are man you you get out your 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 teeth will be humming for a week why in the world did you do that oh he said that's a good place he said you'll see you'll see he said now we can get on the plane first because we're in the back but he said I always get on the plane last I said, but all the bin space is gone. And, no, he said, you got to stay here. We're getting on last. And I'm thinking, boy, I'm not letting this guy get my seats no more. <laughs> well, they're down to the final call. And the flight attendant running the gate, she said, come on, you two, you got to get on. He said, okay, great. You know what he did? He unbuttoned his shirt. Hold it back and he's got John 316 on his shirt <laughs> and he hands me some tracks and he's got tracks and he said between the two of us we ought to be able to get everybody because we're in the back. Now, we're walking down the road, and I mean, he's like this. Man, big as I am, you could put half the New Testament on here. We'd make it work. But man, he's stopping and people are saying, and he said, yeah, read that, read that. And then you know what he's telling everybody? He said, this is probably going to be a safe plight, but he said every now and then one goes right in the drink you know (laughs) and he said man you want to be sure you know where you'd go forever and then he's tell i'm telling you we're walking down the aisle." and you know what he's telling him if you'd like to talk to me because i can show you from the bible how you can know he said i'll be in the last row Now you say, well, man, that had, you know what? I thought, this guy is a little nuts. This is not my style. You see, my style's like yours, called nothing. Don't you laugh at me. Before that plane took off, we're taxing out. A flight attendant came up. And she said, I need to talk to you. And I thought, oh, man, she's going to clean his clock. You know what she said? She said, I'm beside myself. I'm not sure if I did die where I'd go. That plane took off. When that seatbelt sign came off, 11 people lined up. Man, I want a faith that the Son of God marvels at. Then how about publicly letting them know who's got a hold of you? Man, that centurion said, Lord... Brother Gibbs, I'm just a little too shy for that. You know what Jesus said? If you're embarrassed of me, I will be embarrassed of you before the Father. How would you like to be presenting the prayer petitions of someone you're embarrassed about? I have people come to me all the time and say, Man, it's like my prayer life has no punch. Man, I'm I'm praying and it's not happening. And I always ask them, How bold are you before the Father? They say, What do you mean? Well, if Jesus said, If you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. And remember, for your petition to get to the Father, it comes through the Son. What would it take for us to start to be the people?
1: Awesome. Like this
0: centurion. Yeah. Yeah. Man, can you hear Peter and Mark and John? Man, he called them Lord. Yes. He called them Lord publicly. Yes. In this hostile environment, right. this soldier steps up and says, Lord Jesus. Isn't it funny, all kinds of other people who asked Jesus for something only said Jesus. But he said Lord Jesus. Man, a faith that we're going to marvel at. Can I beg you to do something? One time in your life, by the power of God, you need to bury your embarrassment. and you need to say for god's glory i want the whole world to know who i belong to my son who's on his way to be a missionary in peru came to me and he said dad he said once i leave he said good chance i'll never be home to this neighborhood again so he said where we live there are three main streets in our neighborhood hundreds of houses he said I've purposed I want to knock on every one of my neighbors doors every one of them personally and I'm gonna keep going back dad till I get every one of them and I want to tell them who I belong to and why I'm going to Peru and I want to tell them it don't make any sense for me to go halfway around the world to reach people if I've not told them about Jesus I said, well, Matt, to get all these people home, oh, he said, Dad, I've already decided. He said, I'm not leaving this neighborhood until I've told my neighbors and until they know who the Lord of my life is. Oh, my. Well, man, he and his bride started knocking on the doors. Some of them, they had to go back a dozen times, Brother Joe, to get them. But he got everyone. of them. And then people started coming to our house, knocking on our door, saying, we never saw anybody like that. I like what my neighbor said. He said, that that boy just don't go to church. He's got a Lord in his life. Have you got a Lord in your life? Now this has nothing to do with you being saved but it has everything to do with you having a marvelous faith and if we're gonna change this world we got to change us first we got to be the ones who when the world looks at us says there's the Marvel ones there's the ones who let the whole world know Look at the second thing he did. Number one, he called him Lord Jesus. Number two, this incredible soldier humbled himself. Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. And you know what this soldier publicly said in front of everybody? I am not worthy For you to come under my roof. When's the last time before God, honestly, you said, I'm not worthy? God's already given us too much. And we want more. When is the last time you ever bowed and said, God, you have given me too much? God, you've been too good to me. Too good. Yeah, but Brother Gibbs, I want more. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. But you know what he said? And you ask and you don't get it because you ask amiss that you may consume it on your own lusts. What would it take for you to say to God, I don't deserve anything. I'm not. The fact you're saved, we don't deserve it. All the blessings, our health, everything. But I am not worthy. I was in Africa helping some missionaries there. And a man came to me and he said, could, could you come and preach at our our mission out here i said was well, sure he said our church has a wonderful mission and he said it's for people who are severely severely ailing massive disfigurement from infections all kinds of malaria all kinds of disabling diseases and he said i i just want to tell you up front before you come these diseases have eaten their bodies And he said, it'd be such a blessing if you would come. I said, oh, I'd be honored to come, honored to come. Brother Joe, I wasn't ready for what I saw. Sitting next to me is a little teenage girl. The whole side of her face is eaten away. She has one arm to the elbow, the other's gone to the shoulder her feet are both half eaten and she speaks very whispered because she can't control the ability of the air in her mouth and she says to me if you would sing with me they'd let me sing a special And I said well honey I'm not a good singer she said, I, I, I just need somebody to help with some of the words I can't say. I said, well, what song do you wanna sing? She said, I wanna sing Count Your Blessings. <laughs> Name them one by one. could you help me with the words I can't say? We come in a meeting like this and all of a sudden we act like we're not blessed. We have so much. So much. I'll go with you, the son of God said. He said, oh, no, no, no. He said, I'm not worthy. If Jesus said, I'll go to that meeting with you, Joe. I wonder what it would take for us to say, I'm not worthy. Wait a minute, the Son of God's going to marvel at his faith. Marvel at it. But it started with him. I mean, publicly letting everybody know that the Son of God is the Lord in his life. And then he says, I'm not worthy. I love to tell the story of a dear black lady who changed my life. If you were to name the 10 people who've probably most changed me in my lifetime, this dear lady'd make the list. I was invited to preach at an all-black church and it was a large church a great church and I got there and I came in and I sat down on the front row and this dear black lady came in and sat down next to me there's like about that much space between us and I said how are you she said fine she said how am I and I said fine and then she said something caught me totally off guard I just wasn't ready for it she didn't say it unkind but it just caught me off guard. This dear black lady looked at me and she said, "What are you doing here, white boy?" Now, no one in my life has ever called me white boy, never. And it startled me. And I and I don't know why, but I started referring to myself as white boy she said what are you doing here white boy and i said well white boy's gonna preach this morning and she said you're gonna preach right boy i said yeah she said well isn't that a hoot and i said that's a hoot all right i agree and she said you got the stuff white boy i said i beg your pardon she said don't act dumb white boy she said, you got the stuff or you don't got the stuff? She said, "Now, if you don't got the stuff, you just stay sitting right down here and let somebody get up there that's got the stuff. Said, she said, we come to go to church, and if the preacher ain't got the stuff, we've not been to church. Wow. I said, white boys got the stuff. She said, okay, good. She said, they tell you how we do it here? I said, no, ma'am, they have not. Oh, she said, white boy, let me tell you. She said, number one, we're going to start by singing for about 45 minutes or an hour. I said, 45 minutes or an hour? Oh, yeah. She said, man, if you love God, you can't sing enough. She said, you got to get the world out you got to get your mind clean. you got to get ready to hear the word. And she said, man, that singing does what nothing else. She said, oh, she said, if, if, if you don't like singing, she said, you're probably not saved. <laughs> and she said, you know, it's a sin to sing half-hearted. Because she said, we're not singing to each other we're singing to God wow I said oh man white boy loves singing I do she said after the singing she said we have testimonies and they're wonderful she said people got saved and man people stand up and confess crimes and she said sometimes man we tell them if if you're right with God, you got to be right with man. And if you're not right with man, you're not right with God. And she said, They'll come up and confess a crime, and we take them right down to the police station and they turn themselves in. I said, The police station? Oh, she said, Listen, mister, this is real. She said a guy come forward a couple weeks ago man he got saved and he said well i should tell you he said just a couple weeks ago i tried to blow the chief of police and his family up in their car and he said the bomb went off and destroyed the car but it triggered just a little too early and it didn't get them but i tried to kill the man and his family she said we got him saved we got him baptized and half the church walked him down to the police station. <laughs> and she said, That man got on his knees and asked the chief of police to forgive him. And he said, I'm here to turn myself in. Wow. See, it's one thing to have the shout here, it's another thing to have the shout at the police station. She said, then after that, we take the offering. And she said, that takes about 45 minutes, sometimes an hour. I said, an hour? Oh, yeah. She said, you know, there's people, they've got stuff in their pocket. God wants them to give, and they don't want to let go. <laughs> and she said, if they don't give it, God will be ticked. And she said, we don't want nobody leaving here with God ticked at them. Oh wow she said then you preach and she said now whatever you do don't cut it short she said we didn't come to get out we come to go to church Amen. and she said if you come to go to church just to get out she said just best you not come at all Amen. I said lady man I need you no one's ever told me don't cut it short that's wonderful Now she said, I need you to do me one favor. I said, what's that? She said, could you move over a little bit? (laughs) Now we're already that far apart. And I said, well sure, but I said, somebody else coming? She said, no. I said, why do you want me to move over? She said, because when I get singing, I needs my room. (laughs) Man, I moved over, good thing I did too. That lady started singing, and she turned to me and she said, you see, I'm addicted to the Son of God. He's the passion in my life. Tears are streaming down her cheeks, streaming. And she said, he's been so good to me. She's singing and crying saying thank you for being so good to me I don't deserve it and you know what a strange thing happened her passion pulled me in can I ask you this question would your passion for the Son of God pull anybody in I wanted to be like that black lady Preacher finally pulled me up, and man, I'm crying. I don't even know why we're crying. I'm just, but I'm telling you, her passion touched me. Now I'm up on the platform, and preacher said, I see you met Sister Abby. I said, yeah, is that her name? He said, yeah. He said, she tell you her testimony? I said, no. I said, all I know is that lady's addicted to the Son of God, and her passion pulled me in. He said, well, let me tell you her testimony. He said, Brother Gibbs, about six months ago, her two junior high boys and her husband walked down to the bus stop. He's going to take a bus to work. They're going to take a bus to school. They don't know why they did it, but they think it was a gang thing. Two cars pulled up. Shotguns came out and murdered her family. He said, then unspeakably, they got out of their cars and went back and with their guns, blew the heads off her boys. We had no heads to bury. They took them. He said, I met her at the hospital. And I said, Abby, what do you wanna do? She said, Let's have church. She said, Preacher, you got to help me. Praise God. I wonder if that's what you'd say. I'm not worthy. He said, Brother Gibbs, did she tell you she has stage four cancer? The doctors have given up. She doesn't have money for any more treatments. I said, no, she didn't tell me any of that. All she told me is that she's addicted to Jesus. She sings and just keeps thanking him. Oh, give me what I want. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But bring something in that I don't want. you want to see a marvelous face Lord I'm not worthy you do anything for me nothing it's just your grace your goodness your love number one you got to let the world know who you belong to and number two we need to get humble Now listen and I'm almost done. You know what God said? It's a command, humble yourself. And he said, I'll raise you up. But you know what God said? I hate the proud. And Jesus said, I will resist the proud. How many of you do not want the Son of God resisting you? Then we got to humble ourselves. When you get small, God gets big. But when you get big, God gets small. Oh, that little girl in Africa. I'll help you count your blessings, honey. I got up there to sing. I sobbed so hard because all I could think of is you got blessings to count but if you got blessings to count what have i got and if i was disfigured would i be sitting here saying let's sing that song brother joe you gotta let the world know what's got a hold of you and i am not worth it. Look at the last, the third thing, and we're done. Man, he called him Lord. He said, I'm not worthy. And number three, he just took God at his word. But speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. When's the last time you said, I'm just going to take God at his word? I'm going to just take him at his word. Uh, Can I give you one I struggle with? You know what God said? Give, and it shall be given unto you. Yeah, but what if I give, and he don't come through the other way? Well, I'll tell you how to handle that. Don't ever give so much that God has to come through. Play it safe. There's three kinds of givers. There's the polite givers. Man, they're going to just put something in to be polite. Uh, The Girl Scouts come to my house every year. They make they see me home man they're there. How many of you know why the girl scouts want to see me? They want to sell me cookies. And you know what I buy them every year? I do because they're my neighbors and I want to be polite and I like the cookies. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know what? There's a whole bunch of people who come to a camp meeting like this and to be polite, they put something in. God don't want you to be polite to him. There's a second kind of giver. That's the calculated giver. Well, just in case God don't give back, I can put this much in and it'll be okay. Now remember, without faith, it's impossible to please him. When's the last time you put in... And said god i'm just taking you at your word you said if i give give and it shall be given unto you i'm just taking you at your word well yeah but that'd take faith that's why god marveled at his faith You imagine if I came to Brother Joe and I said, Brother Joe, Arthur, I want to give you a present here. And candidly, I'm just doing this because people are watching and I need to be polite. That's no kind of gift. Well, how about if I walked up and said, Brother Terry, I've just figured out I can afford this much and candidly, this isn't going to hurt me and you're not worth more here. (laughs) By the way, that's what, when you give calculus, that's what you're saying to God. You're not worth faith in it, God. Do You know what? A widow put everything she had in. And the Son of God stopped her and said, oh, no, 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 don't do that, right? No, he didn't. You know what he said? We are going to talk about her for all eternity. marveled yes, sir. at his faith you just say it God and it will be done done Wow I fear for America right now and I believe with all my heart that what's in this room is the hope of America people excited about the things of God But we got to be a people who are excited about the things of God and have a marvelous faith. A faith where we recognize and proclaim Jesus out there publicly. It amazes me that young people want to wear stock car jackets and hats. people support sports teams and man they'll wear their sports memorabilia hat their jacket because they want to be identified but then they don't want to be identified with Jesus God's looking for somebody who says Lord Jesus identify me I love it when these soldiers come home before they get deployed and i saw them at your church brother norris they don't come to church in a suit they come in their uniform and man it is pressed it you know what they want the whole world to know what they're a part of well jesus said i want you to let the whole world know that you're a part of me Amen. and lord i'm not worthy and i'm just gonna take you at your word that's it a dear black lady changed my life A little girl who could hardly speak changed my life a soldier changed all our lives because he had the faith that the Son of God could marvel at tonight this afternoon I want to ask you this question would you be willing to leave here and get identified would you be willing right now to tell the son of god i'm not worthy i'm not worthy and would you just take the son of god at his word concludes our pulpit hour message for today if you would like to order a copy of today's message you can call our studios at 828-884-9427 or write to us at wgcr 3232 hendersonville highway Pisgah forest north carolina 28768 you can also hear today's message on our website at wgcr.net the pulpit hour is brought to you by Anchor Broadcasting.